Cincinnati jersey all on the block. We get it in. I'm in my Cincinnati hat. Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? Coomer, it doesn't matter what sport you are a fan of today. If you are a Bearcats fan, it is a great day to be a Bearcat basketball and football fan. Luke Fickle is back. If Michigan State wants him, Michigan State does not get him. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me of what I said yesterday. Uh, Obviously, I'm extremely happy. I'm happy for the Cincinnati Bearcat fan base that Luke Fickle decided to keep his talents in Clifton. He's been an amazing face and representative for the University of Cincinnati. And I got to admit, I'm just, I've become, I realize in hindsight, I've become so cynical with how college football plays out, given that Brian Kelly was left for a bigger program and Butch Jones and you can't help but, and Mark D'Antonio, you know, you can't help but think he's just the next and next one in a long line of coaches who went on to coach at bigger schools. But Luke Fickle's different. He decided to say in Cincinnati and I love that you brought up that line. Uh, the Coomer Jinx was clearly in full effect. <laughs> Guys, we will explain the Coomer Jinx at some point. Uh, just know that Coomer does not bet on the Bearcats. Ever. Doesn't bet against them. He just doesn't bet, period, because the Jinx is real. <laughs> there's just there's just something wrong with me. I don't I need to see someone. But it's hey, happy happy days it for Bearcat fans, right? It I mean worked. it's just an amazing celebratory day. Uh, get your season tickets. Support the program. I can't wait to watch this team uh, and what they're going to accomplish in the upcoming season. But Hummer, this is a basketball podcast, and we do have a great episode for folks today. Tyler Glazier, a video scout from PerspectiveInsight.com, joins the podcast to talk Mike Saunders Jr., Now, just for some background, Tyler actually posted an awesome highlight clip of Mike Saunders Jr. We noticed it. We reached out to Perspective Insight and said, hey, that was really cool. If you're watching him play, we'd love to talk to you guys about Saunders' game. It so happens that Tyler is the one who put together the video. He lives in Utah, which is where Mike Saunders Jr. currently plays high school basketball. So he's had several chances over the last two years to watch him play in person Tons of great insight, tons of great feedback about his game, how he's developing, what he's going to bring to the table for UC in the coming years. You're going to be excited about Mike Saunders Jr. after this interview. You're going to have the chills. You're you're going to get, you're going to be shaking with just anticipation for the next three, maybe four years. Maybe less. We'll see. Maybe less. We'll see. But... You're going to be excited. Folks, enjoy. We are now joined by Tyler Glazier, video scout for PerspectiveInsight.com. Tyler, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we caught you caught our eye based on uh, putting together a really cool highlight clip of Mike Saunders Jr. 
it led me to reach out to PerspectiveInsight.com, where we found out that you're actually located in Utah, and therefore you've had a few opportunities now to see Mike Saunders Jr. play this year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've probably seen him about two to three times this year and a handful of times last year. So Wasatch is about an hour away from where I live, so it's pretty easy to, to catch him. Great. Well, that's, that'll give us some uh, perspective uh, in terms of the year-over-year development. Before we get into Saunders' game, could you mind telling us a little bit about your experience in scouting and maybe how you broke into this? For sure. So with Pro Insight, I uh, met Matt McKay at Hoop Summit last year and um, had kind of heard a little bit about him and what he was doing with the high school scene. And um, that was something that I was kind of interested in getting more into. So I, I joined on with them uh, probably sometime early summer and uh, started covering some events. And um, yeah, this year it's just kind of been building and, and been working a lot with Matt on, you know, doing more of the video side, breaking down some film and writing reports on, on some of that stuff and then covering local events when I, when I could make it out. Um, so that's kind of my background with Pro Insight. Prior to that, I had been doing just scouting on my own. Uh, I'm based in Utah, and so just uh, scouting throughout the state and writing reports and, and kind of sharing that with different contacts. But I think this is my basically my third season, kind of um, third season in, in college basketball and kind of second second season or so really trying to dive deep into high school basketball. Great. It's a uh, it's definitely an interesting interesting profession to get into, especially if mm-hmm. you're if you're as avid of a basketball fan as we are. But just sure. to provide some context for the folks who are listening who may not be as uh, looped in on what's happening in the coming season, because Mike Saunders Jr. is obviously not a name who's playing for the team right now, uh, but he was the first player to commit to John Brannon's 2020 recruiting class. A class that has since we've since added Gabe Madsen, Mason Madsen, and Tari Eason, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike actually committed on his first trip to Cincinnati. There's apparently a long-standing relationship between John Brandon and his family, and uh, now we get to reap the benefits of that. So, with that said, let's mm-hmm. get into a little bit about Mike Saunders Jr.'s game. Um, he plays for a academy out there called Wasatch. Academy, and you'll probably need to correct me again on how to pronounce that. No, yeah, that was good. That was fine. Um, so tell me, do you do you have any insight into what this academy is? Because there's a lot of high-level basketball talent at this school. Um, you know, f- players who have committed to Fresno State, University of Utah, BYU, Michigan State. How do they how do they have this type of talent in one location out in Utah, which you don't necessarily associate with like a back a basketball mecca necessarily yeah utah itself isn't you know like you said it's not really like a basketball mecca for high school hoops and stuff like that so they wasatch is um i don't know if it's like a private school or or something that way they're they're a nike elite school so similar to like oak hill and and stuff like that and um they're kind of based out uh just in a really small town out here in Utah and they have their coaching staff is really well connected, um, internationally and stuff. And, um, they get a lot of recruits from Canada and from Africa and from Brazil. And, um, 
you know, the Netherlands and stuff like that. So they do most of most of the players that play for the team, like the stars are, are from outside of the state or even outside of the country. Um, but yeah, they're just a small school. Um, the kids, uh, you know, they have a little campus out there and stuff and, and, uh, the kids live with host families and basically just kind of similar to a lot of the other Nike elite schools, um, where they're just kind of focused on, on school, but really get good basketball training and stuff like that. And I think that's why it's appealing to a lot of kids is they could just kind of go and kind of be out, not necessarily in the middle of nowhere, but kind of, and uh, just focus focus on their game, you know? Right, and it does appear that they get to play some of the best competition in the country. You know, I've seen that they, they've been on ESPN3 multiple times. They obviously get more publicity at the high school level than most high school players would typically get. What mm-hmm. have you seen? What have you seen so far? You know, you've seen him now. You've seen Mike Saunders Jr. play about five times. What yeah. What has jumped off the page to you in terms of his strengths as a basketball player? So strengths. I mean, the first thing that pops is just how fast he is. Um, he's a hyper quick guy with the ball. Um, kind of a one man fast break in that sense, where he'll really just grab and go the rebounds and stuff and um, can really just push the ball out off of made baskets. And it's just really dynamic that way with his speed. Um, another thing that stands out with that is, you know, he's got a pretty tight handle for, for how quick he is and for how fast he moves. Um, his handle isn't something that really slows him up. And uh, which sometimes is rare to see with, with, some of the faster athletes, sometimes their handle could kind of impede them a little bit, but um, that's not really the case a ton with Saunders. Uh, so his transition game, um, I say he's a pretty crafty and strong finisher around the basket. Uh, he can kind of get going downhill. He's got, you know, a big and big frame, kind of thicker build and a strong lower body. So he's kind of able to absorb some contact. But he could kind of finish with either hand, so he goes left or right, has some good hang time that way. So, in terms of like his immediate strengths, just like his his hyper quick speed with the ball, his finishing ability, um, kind of jump out the most. That's the one thing that you continually hear, even in Cincinnati, is that he has. You you tend to like hearing about players joining a a basketball program that already have one elite skill, and the speed is something that you just can't. It sounds unique, right? Like the player that's popped in my mind several times now is is Ty Lawson, who played at North Carolina several years back, and they're I think about the same size. Ty Lawson was in the five eleven range. Would that be kind of an accurate comp in terms of just maybe just raw skill set? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I had that comp in my notes coming in today. Um, just body type, like they're really similar that way. And then just, yeah, I think that's a great comp. You mentioned the handle, and I was curious about that myself. In the half court, obviously in transition, he's explosive. He's lightning quick. I've seen him beat guys down the court time and time again in highlight videos and in some of the ESPN3 games we've had a chance to watch. Sure. Is it, is it an effective handle in the half court? Is he able to probe a defense, get inside, and, and keep it alive? What have you noticed in, on that front? Yeah, within the half court, yeah, within the half court, I think he could definitely, at, at the high school level, he could kind of get past his man, you know, um, just because he could change gears so quick. Um, but I do think within the half court, he could, 
probably add some more on on ball diversity that way. Just more counter moves and stuff since he's so reliant on his speed. Um, I think at the college level with tougher defenders and, and uh, you know, more people in the paint at times, just more length. I think that's something he could probably work on is just uh, learning how to not be totally reliant on his speed, if that makes sense. So I think the handle, it's tight. He's got a few in and out moves, some crossovers, but I think he could add a little bit more wiggle to his game, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, that's exactly kind of what I wanted to to get at and, and learn as to what he could add. I imagine, you know, as, as someone who scouts and watches players uh, at this level more often than obviously myself or Hummer do, when you talk about a tight handle, is that just basically like the foundation is there to build upon, you know, an extremely effective game or handle for the college level? Like, are, is you're seeing the core competencies there that would develop well going into the college D1 ranks? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's definitely coordinated enough and, you know, keeps it pretty tight. I don't really see him turn the ball over a ton off the dribble, um, which is a plus for someone who plays that fast. And so I think he's definitely got a good foundation to build on. But, you know, I think the first year in college, it'll just be a little bit of adjustment, um, knowing which moves to add and, and, you know, what type of decisions to make with the ball within the half court. A lot of the talk we, we've heard in terms of areas for improvement has been the jump shot. And I, you haven't mentioned it at this point. It's going mm-hmm. to be a leading question of sorts. But you got sure. to see him play last year two times. You've seen him play three times this year. Has there been improvement in that area? And what have you noticed so far in terms of shooting? Which is, just for, for your information, John Brandon, the new coach in Cincinnati, has put a huge emphasis on uh, a more offensive system, let's say. More ball movement, more cutting, but also more shooting in the long term. And so bringing in someone like Saunders, where it's not an, uh, a strength from the get-go, I'm curious if it's something that he's he's seen improvement in. Yeah, I think definitely going into this season, he's put a lot of work into his jump shot. And so that's something that the coaching staff – speaking with them last year that they were, you know, wanting to get some work with them over the summer on some of that. And so just in terms of his mechanics, um, I think his mechanics have, have tightened up this year. I think they're a little bit quicker than last year. Um, he's playing, it's kind of, they kind of are running a two point guard lineup with he and Richard Isaacs right now. And so Saunders is kind of showing the ability to play off the ball and kind of hit some spot, um, some spot three-pointers and stuff like that. But um, I think he's definitely, you know, he definitely needs to improve in that area and become more consistent. But I have seen some some pretty solid strides in his game this year in terms of shooting. So in terms of where he's most effective right now when shooting or scoring the ball, it's more from a spot-up role, maybe less off the dribble at this point? Yeah, I think his off the dribble can still be a little bit inconsistent, you know, in terms of, in terms of the results and, you know, just getting into his shot off the dribble. Um, I think he's much more just as an off ball shooter, you could tell he's been putting the work in, in terms of like getting his feet set, getting balanced and then uh, knowing how to get the ball out quicker, you know? 
Honestly, it's good news for Bearcats fans because this season we saw freshmen actually take over the starting. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in air quotes, the point guard spot, because right now Jaron Cumberland is clearly operating as our de facto point guard. But that was going to be a question of mine was his ability to play in the two guard role, uh, given that we have another young freshman who's we're likely going to see two point guard lineups pretty consistently next season. Yeah, I think he could do that. Like, I think um, it was kind of a toss up coming in this, into this season for Wasatch, kind of who was going to play point guard and who is going to, you know, be more off the ball. And I think he's kind of, he and Isaacs tend to split that, but I would say Isaacs, you know, is probably a 60, 40 in Isaacs favor um, in terms of playing the lead point guard spot. And so, yeah, I think uh, Saunders has really done a nice job kind of adjusting to another point guard and uh, learning how to be effective off ball this season. Yeah, that's uh, no, it's honestly great insight for us and in, in terms of what he's bringing to the table and what he's been able to work on as a player. Any other, uh, what kind of, you know, just having a chance to see him now play five times, I'll just kind of give you an open-ended question here or, or you know, opportunity sure. for you to just kind of elaborate on, you know, what you've seen and, and maybe any anecdotes you have from plays that impressed you or whatnot with Mike Saunders Jr. Yeah, I think... Uh... I just, I really like his game. I think he's someone who's a little bit, you know, I think he's just a great pickup for Cincinnati. You know, I think he's, I wouldn't call him like a sleeper NBA prospect yet, but, you know, he's someone that I'm definitely going to keep my eye on, my eye on in terms of the draft, maybe after his sophomore or junior season. Um, he's just like a tough guy. And so uh, defensively, I love watching him play defensively because he's he's listed at about 5'11 or so. So he's kind of got that Ty Lawson stocky build, but um, he really could play up for his position. So he, I really like watching his toughness, mental toughness on the defensive side. He just kind of gets into guys and really just like plays with a huge chip on his shoulder. So I think in terms of, you know, some of the guys that Cincinnati has had in the past and, and stuff, I think he's going to fit right in over there. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it. It's a it was an oversight on my part. on On defense, is the speed effective on on defense like it is on offense? You know, is he able to actually use it to his advantage in terms of positioning, in terms of beating guys to the spot? Um, what have you seen speed be as effective on defense? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Like laterally, he's he's quick. You know, he's got quick feet. He's got quick hands. And um, can really just, like, play tight on a guy, you know. Uh, really closes the gap on, on any sort of shooting window on players on the, on the perimeter. And so definitely his speed is a huge factor defensively. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, so his speed, you know, combined with some of his instincts and, and his toughness, he's really good in passing lanes as well. Like, he on ball, he's got quick hands and can – you know, poke balls away, but in passing lanes, he could really jump the gun as well. So his athleticism, I, you know, I think in terms of transferring to the cost level, I don't think there's um, going to be many issues that way. Excellent. You mentioned something interesting when you're talking about him, <clears throat> you know, looking sophomore towards his junior year, you know, then maybe kind of reevaluating where he might stand in terms of becoming an NBA prospect. Mm -hmm. What you're seeing, what are some of those 
those things that he would need to improve upon for you to say after his junior year, yes, he could be an NBA prospect? I think the main things is like, uh, like we touched on earlier, like his point guard polish within the half court. And so like officially running an offense when the game, when the pace gets a little bit slower. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's a solid playmaker and he could break down defenses and kick out. But I think there's some, you know, he could add some passing uh, diversity and stuff that way in terms of, you know, being able to swing the ball around the perimeter and, and make some more difficult passes. Um, I think in terms of just decision making, he's such a, uh, you know, he's uh, on the high school level, he's been so used to getting to the hoop whenever that sometimes he could kind of force that. Um, but this year he's been kind of learning how to pull that back a little bit. Um, and then the last one would just be, you know, is he someone that could be like a, even just like a 35 to, you know, 33 to 35% off ball shooter on, on a decent number of attempts per game. I, th I think if he started to kind of iron out some of those kinks and, uh, you know, just continue to, to be productive, uh, you know, after his sophomore junior season, then he'd, he'd probably be getting a little bit on the radar in terms of the NBA. It seems helpful, too, that when you play for an academy like Wasatch, that he is playing with so much talent that going to the college level, he doesn't have to struggle with the adjustment of being, you know, the big fish in a small pond. You know, there's other guys on this team that are eating just as much and probably even scoring and producing at even higher levels. When I look at the list of players here, have you just with your experience watching players move on from that school? Is that something that is beneficial or you, you think it's just, it doesn't matter at all. Um, sorry, you cut out there a little bit. Could you ask that again? Sure. So I'm basically asking with Wasatch, it's such a loaded roster, uh, with a uh -huh. prep school of this nature. Do you think it makes the transition to co the college game a little bit easier or, you know, what do you notice of players that come out of programs like this versus being at a smaller school where your usage goes up, your stats go up, but you're making that adjustment to playing with more talented players, whereas he's already doing that now? Yeah, I think there's there's pros and cons to each. I think in Saunders' case, um, I think just the ability to play with more talented or, or play with other talented prospects has really helped his game. Um because, you know, like these guys, they go at it in practice. And so it's kind of the iron sharpens iron type of thing. And, um, you know, players that come out of these type of programs, you know, they they play against a lot of, you know, good competition throughout the season. So I think the adjustment to the college game could be a little bit easier in terms of just the speed, you know, dealing with the athleticism and stuff like that. It's not something that they're, that they're foreign to, if that makes sense. And so... Sometimes I think with the, but in terms of, you know, smaller, smaller high schools and, and good prospects coming at, coming out of smaller schools, I think with those prospects, they really get an opportunity to kind of shoulder a, a large offensive load and kind of be the man. And in those cases, they could really at times expand their game more so than some of these other schools, if that makes sense, because they're just able to, they kind of have that green light and can kind of do what they want. And, and uh, 
So uh, there's just there's just pros and cons, but I think in Saunders' case, being able to to play against and, and practice hard against some of these top level guys has really really helped out his game. It's actually funny when we were talking about you know, Coomer and I were talking offline a little bit earlier today, and and I was actually going to bring something like that up, you know, talking about the competition he was playing in because Mike Saunders being on the you know the smaller I think the smaller scale for what we're going to see from you know, a height perspective and mm-hmm. knowing that he's already playing against a, pretty much the type of competition he's going to be coming up against in the league. And that was going to be one of the things I was going to ask you is, you know, being that type of player, what are some of the things that you see him doing that kind of takes the, his height out of, out of the, out of the equation? Let me think how to phrase this. Uh, so basically you're just kind of asking like, what does he do now? Well enough to, to kind of, uh, eliminate some of the issues he might have with his positional height. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think mainly it's just like, so his strength, he's a really strong guy and, and really doesn't, um, like knows how to use his body and, and get into, um, to taller defenders. I think sometimes when you have a low center of gravity, like he's got, um, you're able to kind of use that to your advantage, if that makes sense. And, I think in his case, he's got a pretty long wingspan. It's listed at 6'5", and so that kind of helps make up for some of uh, his lack of uh, height that way. And then lastly, his mental toughness. Like, he's he's someone who is just a dog. You know, he, he really isn't scared of, you know, I think if you were to ask him, he'd probably say, yeah, give me like a 6'5 point guard to go up against. You know, I think he's kind of got that that mindset that you see when he plays that he really just loves the challenge, you know? So he could, even though he's listed at five eleven, he tends to really play bigger than his size. Well, I think the first time he really burst onto the national scene where I saw him actually pop up on websites like the step in and other recruiting services was when he mm-hmm. matched up against Cole Anthony last season. Sure. And, uh, you know, he held his own, you know, okay. I think, uh, for going against a player of that caliber who's going to be a top five pick most likely in the 2020 sure. NBA draft. So good signs, good things to come, it seems like, for Mike Saunders Jr. And, and Tyler, I really appreciate you joining us to discuss his game and, and fill us in mm-hmm. a little bit more about what he's bringing to the table next season. What, Where can people find you on Twitter? Where can they read your content and see your videos? Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So on Twitter, it's uh, just Tyler underscore Glazier. So it's T-Y-L-E-R underscore Glazier, G-L-A-Z-I-E-R. And then uh, you could find some of the videos at Pro Insight. And that's um, underscore Pro Insight at Twitter. And so that's basically where I put out most of my content. So yeah, if you guys want to give me a follow on there and a little shout out, then that'd be great. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. I recommend the follow it, even with players who aren't relevant to Cincinnati. It's fun to see how you guys highlight and, and pick apart different players' games. So appreciate you joining us, sir. And uh, we'll be talking to you. Have a good one. Okay, okay. appreciate it, man. Go, I want to give you one more softball. Okay. Because okay. this is a softball. Sure, okay. So you, you see it seven times, and you know you see Mike Saunders Jr., and he's very easy to spot on the court. Uh-huh. Is he to have the best hair you've ever seen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think his hair totally matches his game because when he starts, when he hits the gas in transition, you just see the hair just fly back. 
And so it's awesome. I, I love his hair. Hopefully he keeps it when he goes to Cincinnati or maybe he dyes it red or something like that. That's exactly what we're, red. That's what we're calling for. And he actually, he floated the idea of shaving it and, and thank goodness that didn't happen. You've got to keep yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, sir. We'll have a good one, Tyler. Thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. We'll see you. Bye. Thank you.